Welcome to the Realm of Endless Stories, a weekly podcast covering books, fanfic, comics, TV, and films. If we love it, we read it, watch it, and talk about it. I'm Sarah. And I'm Sole. Reminder that this is not a spoiler-free podcast, and we are marked explicit for occasional cursing and discussion topics. All views and opinions expressed in episode discussions are our own. Now it's time for a not-quite-a-hiatus hiatus update! Yay! Yay! It's probably obvious to all of you at this point that we're behind schedule and we likely won't be returning to our regular schedule for a while. That being said, we're trying our best to continue to provide you guys with content on a fairly regular basis. We're keeping our TikToks going daily. We are still recording. It's just we're not posting episodes as quickly as we meant to. We're trying our best. However, we specifically wanted to say thank you for your continued support and for sticking with us despite this change in schedule. We love you and appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much. And we hope to be back to our regularly scheduled same bat time, same bat channel podcast (laughs) as soon as we can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we love you so much today. What are we talking about today? Something really frosty. What are we doing today, brain? The same thing we do every day, Pinky. Try and take over the world. <laughs> but yes, something really frosty. Let me guess. Um, It's Buddy the Elf. Olaf. Oh, oh. also a good answer. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite color? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, today we are talking about the princess or... I guess at this point, technically queen yes. of the Kingdom of Snows, Frosta. Frosta. Do you think she's still a princess and not a queen because she's not of age? Yes, that's probably why she has the princess title mm-hmm. because at least the way real world history works. I don't remember, again, Kyle could weigh in on this because she knows a lot about this, that does your title change? Actually, you know what? King Tut was made king when he was less than 10 and he had advisors and still had the title of king. Yeah. I think they just didn't want to make Frosta queen because it's A, a princess alliance, and B, it makes it less confusing because the only queen we hear about is Angela. And Glimmer. Well, eventually. But I mean, like, at the start, it's like, oh, here are all the princesses and queen Frosta. And everybody would be like, (laughs) wait a minute, why is she so much more important? Well, listeners, we're going to tell you. Yes, we but, are. So that's my theory. Yeah, well, I guess it's not coronation day yet, so she's not. No, it's, it's, are you awake? Yeah, huh? No, who's there? Still me, ma'am. Well, what What do you want? It's time for you to get ready for your sister's coronation. Right, my, my sister's coronation. Wait, it's coronation <laughs> day! Yes, so she will my, be that excited. My favorite part of that song is as you see her singing and like going through the town, mm-hmm. you see a mom pulling a little boy and she's like, hurry up. And we don't we don't want to be late. The The princess is going to be coronated today. And he goes, that's not my fault. Like, (laughs) it makes me laugh every time because he looks to be about seven. Yeah. And it's so typical that the kid's like, I don't care. That's not my problem. You know, they're being pushed to be there. They don't really care. They don't want to be there. The mom wants to be there. Yeah. Because it's an important event. But the kid is like, 
I had to get up and get special dressed for this. This is bogus, man. Yes. Yeah, that's not my fault. Yes. It just makes me laugh every time. (laughs) Okay, so today we're going to talk about Frosta. And like we do every show, uh, we're going to talk about the 80s Frosta first, her appearance. And she is by far my favorite. Her outfit, her hair, everything about her, it's totally amazing. You watched The Flash, right? Yes. Did you get as far as seeing Killer Frost? Yes. 80s Frosta reminds me of one of Killer Frost's outfits. Yes. Yes, and it does. both of them, Killer Frost and Frosta, mm-hmm. are so badass. Like, I want to wear that because it just, you put it on and it's like, I am powerful. Well, their outfits match their personalities. They yes. are strong women. Yes. They're not going to back you out. You don't need for no anyone. man. No they're, no. they're allowed to want one if they'd like. That's their choice, but no. they don't need no man. You know, single ladies. Yeah. Put your hands up. My hands up. No, my hands not up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, put your hand down. My hand is up because I am a single lady. Listeners, hi. I'm a single lady. <laughs> Okay, so the 80s Frosta has a light blue long hair, straight hair with bangs, which is bitchin'. It's totally bitchin'. It is so amazing. Um, She seems to have like a one-piece skin-tight jumper that varies from dark blue to some accents in, in light blue and white. But this is includes the boots so it's like the boots transform into leggings and it's all the way up skin tight and it ends in a corset looking strapless top piece that has a light blue lining with a jewel in the middle and i think that's the jewel where her power comes from she wears it with it i never thought about that but yeah the corset itself almost seems to sparkle as if it itself is covered in ice when it catches the light in different ways she looks like a walking representation of a snowstorm controlled in a beautiful woman. And if you say the wrong thing, she is going to unleash all of the icicles directly at your face and your genitalia, depending on what gender you are. Yeah. If you say the wrong thing. So watch yourself. She's a strong woman. And on top of that, she has a white miniskirt. It's amazing. You just have to see it. Go look it up. You're going to love it. It reminds me of a figure skater's outfit. How they have the base outfit and then they have like a light, very light, very thin, flowy skirt Mm -hmm. that only goes to about knee length, maybe a little higher. Yes. That just flows when they turn. It's purely decorative. It's not part of the outfit that is the functionality part. It's just... To add a little bit of flair. Yes. And I love and, it. And she has, I think, herself and and um, Shira are the only two that have a cape, if I'm not mistaken. But she has a blue cape that is a middle blue color that ends kind of like pointy like a snowflake. Oh, that's awesome. So it has that shape. And I wanted to tell you a little bit of her origin. Throughout all of the Masters of the Universe up to Shira now... She always lived in the castle chill. Really? The castle was called chill? Yes. So if they had electricity, she could literally Netflix and chill. Yes. Because she lived in chill. Yes. So her origin, her story, it's kind of the same in all of the different variations of the Motu 
stories to say in a way. So she was the queen of the castle chill in the kingdom of snows that it was also called the ice desert in Etheria. She's part of an Etherian race known as the snow people. Wonder why. Very original. (laughs) For what they describe, the kingdom of snow is are the farthest part from the horde base. So they are the ones that kind of didn't get into the war until late. Because so they're they were at like so opposite f- ends of the continent. Yeah. So they were like so far away that the horde was never a threat to them. They just princess princess. Yeah, Princess Frosta joined the rebellion because they saw what they were doing to the other kingdoms, not especially their you know, her own. Her true name According to the 2008 Masters of the Universe classic miniseries comics is Queen Mackenzie. Huh. Such a normal name. But no last name. No last name. The line of toys, the action figures, no toys. My, my husband's going to kill me if I call it toys. The action figures <laughs> came out in 2008. Uh, there was a concept art for Frosta's older sister. Frosta called- has a sister? Yes, Frosta's older sister that was called Cristalla and also for her father called uh, Cryos, but they never came to light. It, they were just, Cristalla, you know. Cristalla, that would have been so cool. You know, and the Pun fact intended. That, and the fact that she had an older sister, usually you see younger sisters but or siblings in a way, but having an older sister will make such a difference for Frosta. Right. And it also, if they had made it happen and then carried that over to the new series, mm-hmm. Frosta would not have been queen of the kingdom because she is not the first in line. Yes. But these were all in concept. They never came to light. I don't think there's ever, there's even a outline online. They were just... I love looking at concept art though. Yes. Like I have, they, they call them art books for different movies, like for Marvel, for mm-hmm. Frozen and they show all the different concept sketches and i love seeing the starting idea and the different changes it goes through until you get to the final product and some of them are just so different that they said oh we'll start with this idea that ends up getting discarded but looks equally badass and i'm like oh this is so neat i love seeing that kind of stuff yes and now the cherry on top of frosta from the 80s she found herself irresistibly attracted to He-Man and was drawn to him many times. I mean, she tried to advance on him so many times and she was turned down every time by him. It's a shame he's so dumb. He probably like didn't. He was like, I have an arm full of beautiful woman. I don't know what to do. Yes. Well, she advanced (laughs) on him. She was like on top of him all the time and he could pay less attention to her. Her crush on him was so bad at times that she even was jealous when he was in interested in other characters. The ones that they named were Castaspella and Mermista. Which... Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on, because I have yes. to ask, in the 80s, was yes. Castaspella roughly the same age as we see her in the present day? No. Or what? Okay, because I was going to say, wait a minute, that's like crushing on somebody's mom. Hey, man, we're not pulling a Stacey's mom here. Like, get your it's shit together. Got it going, going on. on. She's, She's all, all I want, want and, and I've been for so long. long. Frosta, can't you see? You're just <laughs> not the girl, girl for me. me. <laughs> I know it might be wrong, <laughs> but I'm, I'm in, in love, love with Castaspella. I was going to say, who's, who's um, Castaspella would need to have a daughter? Stepdaughter, Glimmer's mom. Yes. There you go. 
<laughs> he paid attention to Castaspella and Mermista more than he did to Frosta. Is that for because Mermista was French? I think he doesn't <laughs> like strong women. He's like, you know, I need to be the one that had the muscle in this relationship. I he didn't care for strong women. He liked I mean, the damsel in distress. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the strongest man in the universe and still needs a sword that gives him additional strength. No, no, not the sword, the, um, oh. the cross, the... F- oh, sorry, the chest piece that covers nothing. Yes. That serves no purpose. Exactly. Other than to say, look at my pecs and my 1800 abs. Yes. And here's an X in the middle so the horde can use it as a target for their arrows. Exactly. And he has like a red thing. So it's yeah. like, yeah, here. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Like the, the little cross thing in the middle. Yeah. Yes. This week, a couple of days ago, I showed Sarah a piece of a <laughs> episodes from the 80s where Frosta was all over He-Man. She was on him she pretended to be, I think he falls over her, tries to save her and falls over her. And she pretends to be hurt and then opens her eyes and says, like, yeah, you saved me. And she's all over him. And he asks Adora, Shira, for help. And Shira says, stop hitting on Frosta, Adam. Come on. Like, <laughs> And it's obvious by Adora's look that she knows that it's the other way around. That Frosta has been hitting on He-Man. She's a woman who knows what she wants. She's not out of line. She's nope. They're both of fairly equivalent ages, so it's mm-hmm. not weird. It's just that Adam is just like, no, I, I don't know what to do. I'm attracted to this little girl who looks like Flutterina, who's mm-hmm. probably older, but is not Flutterina. I forget what they said her no, name I was. I don't remember what her like name Rose. was. Like Rose petal no, or something I think it was like, like B something. Okay. Like, but yeah. whatever. And so he turns to Adora for help, like, help get me out of this. I feel really awkward. And she's like, well, stop hitting on her, Adam. <laughs> and you just see Adora and Mermista trying desperately not to laugh in the background. It's hysterical. We will post a link to that episode. Because in it's amazing. I laughed so hard because every time that Adam is heart eyes over not Flutterina. Frosta in the background is doing the, oh, I'm mocking your words by mouthing along and making stupid faces. And like, she's hella jealous. Oh, she is. Oh, she's, and and then she's like, oh, but he's like, it's a shame she's gone. And Frost is like, but I'm still here. (laughs) And that's when he turns to Adora for help. And she's like, no, I'm not helping you. (laughs) Not at all. All she needs to do is purr. In another episode, she even gets, not into a fight, but it kind of like, you know, a woman fight for a man type of situation with Mermista. Because that's why friends don't date friends is exes or if you like the same guy you're like no that starts down a bad path that's girl code yeah but it's an amazing that all the ones that he wants do not think that he's attractive whatsoever and he runs away from the coolest one of all just because she persuades him and not the well, other way around none of them are attracted to him because of that god-awful haircut <laughs> but he's got a tiger he's a tiger king yeah uh- <laughs> Like, I would want to be friends with him for the tiger, and because that means I would get to know Adora. Like, yes, that is true. He's too sheepish for me most of the time. Like, when he's not directly in battle, mm-hmm. Adam's kind of just there. <laughs> like, he's not very opinionated. He's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't, despite being a big physical presence, he doesn't have a big presence in conversation or in personality. No. 
And that's something I like in Mm -hmm. people, someone who can have an intelligent conversation, who can verbally spar with me in a in a fun thing. And Prince Adam's just like, I'm here. What should I do next? And I'm like, no, you should take control or at least provide an idea. Yes. He's like, not, don't just stand there. I can't even say stand there and look pretty because your haircut is so terrible. That bowl cut drives me bonkers. <laughs> like it really, really does. Especially when it changes from like yellow, yellow to like egg yolk yellow. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. I would rather date 80s bow. Yes. Even with the mustache and everything. Oh, the mustache and the goatee. He looks like, for those of you who are fans of Marvel, um, uh, he reminds me specifically of Fandral, one of the Warriors 3 from the Mm -hmm. Thor movies. That was played first by Josh Dallas, uh, who was Prince Charming in Once Upon a Time, and then by Zachary Levi, Mm -hmm. the voice of Flynn Rider from Tangled, uh, the actor who played Chuck in... Chuck. Chuck and because Josh Dallas was off filming Once Upon a Time so he mm-hmm. wasn't available for the second film but I looked at Bo and I went oh my god it's Fandral yes. and he has the same spirited sense of humor same heart I'm all over yeah. that hell yeah what amazes me from the 80s is that is so it- many things amazing yes me. I know <laughs> it was it was the show mainly written by men I'm shocked. In which all the women are what men found pretty and feminine at the time because they all look the same. They have the same body type, the same Barbie thing. You'd think, but then again, these are men. Mm -hmm. Not all men uh, are like this, but you'd think that if you're trying to get in a wider audience than just a specific group of boys aged x to y Mm -hmm. that you might also want to ask a woman well what kind of man would you find attractive so that you have a mixture of both not just a guy saying this is the kind of person man that a woman would find attractive when the women in real life look at that and go that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen like why did you think that would work like I think it's because and what I was going with this is they made the the women so stereotypical a woman that men would like that they didn't do the same for the men in the show he-men bro they're all they got not very masculine they have I mean body type they have more muscles that you can count but personality wise they're not very masculine for what it was accepted at that time and i also think even though they're physically they're both both Bo and adam are physically fit their body types are different and i think the reason they were able to do that and we touched upon this i think in a previous episode is because where there were so many princesses it would take so much time to hand draw everybody individually. If there are only two guys, mm-hmm. you can change things between the two. You don't have to make them cookie cutters of each other yeah. because you're not seeing them all the time. And it's not like you have to deal with eight of them all the time mm-hmm. like you did with the princesses. Yes. Adam was very naive and borderline dumb. And then he becomes He-Man. He keeps the same body. He has the same muscles. He gets dumber because he then grabs the sword by the hilt and the blade. Exactly. So there is no, I don't see any masculinity from them, even though it was a, 
I know it's a, a show for kids and you don't show that. But if you see G.I. Joe, they're more of a hero That's type. I.G. Joe? But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I.G. Joe's. If you I, see- know you, I know you're slipping I.G. Joe. For anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, Bill Engvall did a skit about Barbie and I.G. Joe because his son and daughter at the time were young. Look it mm-hmm. up. It's hysterical. Yes. So the I.G. Joes were out at that time and they were much more masculine, war oriented than He-Man was. Well, He-Man kind of did the same thing, you know fantasy world but still did the same thing yeah all his masculinity was in his appearance not in his personality whereas ig joes were military born and raised so they were had that stereotypical macho military attitude to go with their look yes and if they had put some of that masculinity into Adam, he will totally be into Frosta. Oh, I mean, yeah. they would have been together and he would not be afraid of her advances and how strong of a woman she was. He also would have been better as a fighter. Yes. And, and I say this having watched, what, like two and three quarter episodes, if you put everything that you've showed mm-hmm. me together, Adam is a bit useless. Uh, yeah, a bit. He has this sore. He's like, you know, the the soldier that has a rifle and everybody else just lines behind him because he has the weapon. That's right. That's him. And he has the sword and that's it. That's yeah. all he does because he has no brain. We have seen him ask Shira and now what? And now what? And I'm surprised Shira was able to keep from rolling her eyes and going, I cannot believe I'm related to such a dumbass. Are you sure this is my tween? Oh, yeah. Right. He got the brain. <laughs> He got right, the she did. He definitely got the brains in that family. Yes. So moving to modern Frosta, she's also a really strong young woman. We're going to say very, very young because she's not a kid. They de-aged her. Yes. Lot. Yes. But she still has that strongness and independence that 80s had. Oh, absolutely. She's not over a man, you know, just throwing herself to a man but she does have that i'm an individual i can survive for myself i am strong and she can command a kingdom at such a young age she has a short blue bob with bangs almond shaped black eyes a blue triangular eyebrows and wears uh it's kind of like a three-pointed ice crown that sits like a hairband because i think it goes all the way under her hair so it is kind so of it like may a- technically be a circlet Yes. If it goes under her hair. Yeah, but it's, uh, I thought circlets have to go like on top of your forehead. This they one is might, like I'm not sure because crowns aren't always connected all the way around. Like you see entangled Rapunzel's crown is mm-hmm. connected all the way around. But a lot of them, if you look at Elsa, when Elsa throws her tiara during Let It Go, it's just a headpiece mm-hmm. with no connector piece it's just pinned in her hair and she just chucks it and i think it ends up in embedded in one of the ice walls of the palace which was pretty awesome yes um she wears a winter coat that is blue and is lined with white fur tan pants and blue winter boots any character related to snow and ice usually wears things that go from blue to white not just because it represents snow but also for taking action that blends you into your environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Camouflage in the snow. Mm-hmm. 
she also lives in the kingdom of snows we don't know the um name of the her castle but if she had to give it a name it would have been chill castle the kingdom of snows is the second biggest realm in etheria after bright moon oh i didn't know that me neither which was pretty cool to know she definitely would have said to adora you need to chill get out of my castle yeah because adora has no chill we don't see a lot of people from her kingdom. Uh, the ones that we see, I think, are the guards. And Yeah, we- I assumed they were advisors or guards or mm-hmm. palace staff. Yeah. We don't see much in the way of citizenry. Yes, and we see them all at Princess Prom. I don't know if there's any other episode. They wear long hooded cloaks or coats uh, that are also lined with fur mittens and boots and generally in a dark blue and this what is separate them from any other character we see is that they all wear masks they're full they're halfway their faces and they sparkle i guess they're kind of jewel masks but the that's a difference from any other character we saw you see the same thing in the bright moon guards their mm-hmm. helmets also cover half of their face yeah this one's looked like like mask on a masquerade like, because the yeah. goes on top the other ones yeah were more helmeted like yeah we're more military fashion this mm-hmm. was more like masquerade party fashion yeah uh maybe they only wore it because it was princess prom maybe in the episode princess prom we get to go inside the castle which is you know all ice of course um beautiful ice is my life i know <laughs> But most of the guests are, I will say, all of the guests wear some type of short sleeve or no sleeve dresses, which suggests that this ice palace somehow is heated. Heated or Frosta is keeping the temperature of the castle, the physical pieces of the castle at one temperature. Mm hmm. To combat the ambient temperature of the room. Yes. Which is impressive. Yes, because, you know, heat and ice don't get well together. But in a kingdom of snow where I guess temperatures are pretty cold, you're inside an ice castle and you're still wearing short sleeves, somehow there is heating somewhere. Right, and I mean... Because Adora and Glimmer are both wearing sleeveless dresses. Mm-hmm. So is Perfuma. And Trapta's wearing her normal stuff. So she's pretty covered. Scorpio's wearing a one shoulder. Catra's wearing a suit. So she's mm-hmm. got a jacket. Bo's got a jacket, but it still <laughs> shows his midriff. So his yeah. arms aren't cold, but his belly button might be. But yeah, you're right. A lot of people are wearing formal attire that do not include sleeves. Yes. Or, you know, if you compare it with what Frost is wearing and all the guards are wearing, they have very, they look like they have very heavy fur-lined coats. Yes. Which is a contrast to the guests. So that might be part of the magic of the castle. But I thought it was interesting to point it out. It is interesting because I didn't consider that beforehand. I just thought, oh, you're going to an event and it's going to be air conditioned and, but you want to look pretty. So you're just going to suck it up. The fact that you're freezing. Yes. (laughs) For Frosta, we don't have a future look or a fast forward that we see with Adora, Katra, Glimmer, and Bo. But I'm going to say this wrong and I'm so sorry. There is an artwork on internet by Elijah. Where did you find the art? It is on Twitter and the art is by this artist. Okay, so we will link this art with the proper credit to where it came from on Twitter to make sure that the artist is getting credit. We apologize if... 
we are pronouncing your Twitter handle wrong. Yes, especially me because I pronounce everything wrong. So this person made a picture of grown-up Frosta, which was really, it's really amazing. I saw it and I shared it with Sarah. And it's so amazing. It is. And it captures, I think, her spirit and true personality when she's growing, when she's grown and when she has come into, when we meet her, she's very young. She's kind of immature. And I think this art really shows what she will become. Yes. She has that kind of a, like androgynous, that's how you say it, a drunk, uh, androgynous, androgynous look. look. She has uh, hair that is very, very short on the sides and the back, and it's a light blue, and then longer on the top that is a uh, darker blue in a small ponytail. For those of you who've watched Avatar The Last Airbender, I looked at this picture and I thought, Oh my God, she's Sokka. She has that exact haircut. I'm sorry, I just hit my headphones almost off my head. <laughs> and she has that exact like buzzed on the side, long on the top, tied back in a ponytail. Mm -hmm. And it gives me that same vibe, that warrior vibe that Sokka yes. does because Sokka isn't a bender. He has to work with what he has, his mm -hmm. boomerang or whatever else he invents. And... Frost is the same way. She's, we'll get to this in more detail, but she's not the kind of person to just sit and order her armies to do something. No. So we'll come back to that in about yes. 30 seconds. The other thing that we see is she has a gold earring. It's like a small hoop. And I hope that she has only one because only one would be such great. Not two, just one. I think it makes a statement and is so badass like she is. She has a tighter fitted um, fur line. I don't know if it's a shirt or a coat with kind of patches on the elbows. You know, when you have different color patches on the elbows and gray pants. Because it seems more suited to fighting. Mm -hmm. It seems more functional than her normal outfit if you were to imagine the evolution of her normal outfit as she grew up, mm -hmm. it would still be more princessy than warrior or task doer, action taker type. Yeah. Whereas this is more person of action oriented. So yes. it's close fitting because she needs to be able to move. She needs to be able to react. She needs to be able to have freedom of the clothing to allow her to move in any direction mm -hmm. and not get caught by a big puffy coat or something like that. Yes. Yes. And her face, she has an expression like she's totally in control and enjoying her powers, which I oh thought it was. And it kind of like a mischievous eye also doing it for fun. And she's, she has, she looks like she's ha having the time of her life. Yes. And she has like a Wolverine type ice blade coming out of her hand, which I thought it was, really amazing when i first saw her and because i imagine how her personality is i kind of thought she was like merida like you know i'm the rule of my own kingdom i don't need a man by my side i can do anything and that is so powerful who will be shooting for princess merida's hand princess merida, merida. will be shooting for princess merida's hand exactly and i agree with that and i took it a step further that because she is not the type, despite the fact that she is the ruler of the kingdom and therefore should not be in close combat, especially if she does not have an heir. 
But mm-hmm. regardless of that, it reminded me for those who have read Sarah J. Mass's A Court of Thorns and Roses series. If you haven't, you should. Yes. Also, Throne of Glass is her series. I'm on the la- the last book now, Kingdom of Ash. And oh my God, it's so good. But she reminds me of Cassian. Yes. Who is their general, who most of the time is very good at saying, okay, I will stick to my battalion. I will give orders and delegate. Mm-hmm. But then when it when push comes to shove, he's going to go fight the big bad and everybody's going to be so in awe that literally both armies just stop to watch these two go at it. Mm-hmm. And the head of that kingdom tears Cass a new one. Like, what were you doing? You could have been killed. And he's like, that's my job. And he's like, well, no, but yes, <laughs> but no. And especially there's the one line we get from Cassian. The reason why Cassian is not allowed in the summer court city, capital city of Adriata, I wrecked one building, okay? <laughs> and he has a lifetime ban. And yeah. I can just picture that being Frosta. Oh, yeah. She's going to, the first kingdom she's going to get thrown out, it's um, Perfumas kingdom. Yeah, I wrecked one tree, okay? I'm sorry, it was an accident. You're never allowed a cure again. I'm sorry I disrupted your morning meditation. Right. <laughs> I just exactly. wanted to make it chilly. Exactly. But yeah, she has uh, this picture show her in a light that I really love. And, uh, you know, like we always hope that somebody will do this show her in the future when she's all grown up because she really seems to be enjoying who she is. Yes, it's that attitude of the fact that I am ruler of a kingdom is irrelevant. I cannot sit idly by when I could be helping. And plus, fighting is fun. Punching bad guys in the face is great. So don't try and stop me. And these are... Her palace guards are probably like, oh, no, not again. You can see that glitter in her eye that the Hulk gets when they when Captain America says, Hulk, smash. You know, that glitter in the yeah, eye. He's like, yes. oh, yeah, my time is now. <laughs> yes. So she will get that whenever she I will say, you know, Frosta, smash. And she will be so happy about it. She'd be like, my pleasure. <laughs> yes. What do you what kind of weapon? Oh, I'll just go with all of them. Yes. And talking a bit about her abilities, um, she is one of the elemental princesses and is connected to the fractal flake runestone. And this runestone gives her the power of cryokinesis mm-hmm. and its power over ice uh, frosta can manipulate and generate ice in different forms she can construct she has ice con- constructs constructs yeah um it's the skill only a skill cryokinetic person can manifest ice in different shapes and we see her with a full armor of i mean another example of constructs Mm -hmm. think of green lantern every time you see him make a tank or a this or that they are all constructs in -hmm. that case they are made of light hers are made of ice yes um basically if you think it you can do it that is true on a fundamental level for frosta yes um she can do ice projectiles uh can create shards of ice and fire them at will also ice sculptures and we see this in glimmer's coronation yeah she can make ice prisons 
you can surround people with ice and trap them inside. Also, in Glimmer's coronation, when she's bouncer, right, <laughs> keeps trapping people I that are not that. to do it. Is he bothering you? And then Seahawk is trapped in ice. <laughs> and her favorite is the ice fists. Favorite yes. to smash. Now, Frost to smash. Yes. 80s Frosta had the same abilities. She has she had the power to control ice and snow at will and freeze objects and enemies. And the only difference that I see is that she can use sheets of ice to form like a transportation, kind of like Frozen from The Incredibles. That you path and you kind of slide on the path. That's the way that she moved around in 80s. Honey, where is my super suit? <laughs> Why do you need your super suit? I need to go save the world. Well, how am I supposed to do do this for the greater good? I'm the greatest the good, good you're ever gonna get. Yes, that will be Frosta. But yes. um, I thought it, w- it was really interesting. And I, and I hope that Frosta in the future develops that ability because she will love to travel by it's ice. It's very silver surfer yes that but instead of a silver surfboard it's a sheet of ice that she's magicked to carry her wherever she would like to go mm-hmm. so the she has the same power over ice in any version of frosta different countries for from the masters of the universe kingdom fandom universe super universe metaverse so anything ice she can do it Ice is my life. <laughs> ice, ice, baby. Right. And just like in the 80s, from the little bit of 80s Frosta that I've seen, I think that present day Frosta is very, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. She, granted, we have, just like most of the characters in present day, we have more in-depth background and challenges that they have to face internally and externally, but... Her personality is pretty much the same. If I was to sort her, Soleil and I discussed this. She is a Gryffindor primary, Hufflepuff sef- secondary, mm-hmm. probably like a 70-30 split. Yes. Because yes. she's very brave. She is definitely the, oh, you want me to help? I already killed that bot for you. Well, no, I didn't want you. We needed it alive. Too late! Like, yes. that's the most Gryffindor thing ever. I mean, she jumps head first into any situation Everything. and thinks about it later. It's like Harry. You know, just, yeah, I'll go there. I don't know how I'm going to kill the snake, but, you know, I'm going. She's smarter than Harry, though, because she knows more than one spell. <laughs> she has more than one trick. It's not just, what should I use? Oh, Expelliarmus! Anyone okay. smarter than Harry. Right? Like, that's true. I mean, he didn't think to pick up a letter off the fucking floor. Instead, decided to jump. I was like, this boy. This boy. And he's supposed to be the greatest seeker also, in the world. Also, you were going through the mail as you walked down the hall. Why didn't you just stop when you saw a letter with your name on it, considering you've never gotten a letter ever? Yeah. I'd stop and open it. Yeah, before no, you just mail. handed it over like a dumbass. Like, I can't wait till we get to Harry Potter. I am going to shit on Harry so much. Yeah, I know. I He's great, but sometimes he's the worst. Yes, he is. But also, she demonstrates her courage when she takes over a whole kingdom at age six. Right. That's It takes such strength to rule a kingdom at all. Yeah. And as history tells us, usually when 
rulers are coronated while young, they have advisors to help make them decisions. And those advisors are usually present in council meetings and throughout history, you can see them in pictures and things. Mm -hmm. If you look at Princess Prom, when everyone is greeting Frosta, you just see guards and Frosta gives the greeting Mm -hmm. and then they leave. And then when Frosta throws Adora out, nobody leans over to her and says, well, you know, maybe you should rethink this. She just says, you have violated the terms of the agreement for mm-hmm. Princess Prom, I am asking you to leave. And no one questions her. No. She is at that point, what, eight? Ten? Yeah, ten, I think. Ten. And nobody questions her. They all just fall in line. Yeah. Her word is law. Yeah. And for a ten-year-old to have that much respect is so amazing. I mean, what were we doing when we were ten? I wasn't ruling anything. No, no, I was. I don't even remember in the what I was doing. A lot. I, I'm guessing I was playing outside, but not, not having any power over anything. And she, we don't know what happened to her family. We have no right. idea how, like in Trapta, how she became to be a ruler at such a young age. The more I think about it, the more I guess it's because of the first war with all of them. But she inherited the throne when she was six. I'm guessing she had some type of training from someone when she was young. But her strong personality, courage, and determination, independence made her a great ruler for what we see at age 10. And usually training to become the holder of a title, whether it is the head of a kingdom or a lesser noble. Coming of age is like 16 or 18, and Mm -hmm. you are trained from probably like age four all the way up to the point where you are coronated. And it is likely that that help remains there with you. Yes. She was given power at age six, we see her at age 10 and there is no sign of any help in the immediate vicinity. Not that it, I'm not saying it's not there. It, she probably has advisors, mm-hmm. but the way she presents herself and her kingdom, they are not essential to be shown as part of the royal court. No. I mean, her demeanor shows that she is in complete control. The, the way she poises herself, she, the way she talks, the way she commands the room. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's she one has of those. The power. She speaks quietly, but everyone listens. Yes. So she's Snape. Or McGonagall. Oh, McGonagall. I like that better. Well, no, because that when they say, because they say Snape, like McGonagall, had the yeah. ability to talk softly and yet command everyone's attention. So, yes. Yes. And she's, as a ruler, she's very creative and practical, but mm-hmm. the ruler we see her as in Princess Prom is almost a caricature or a persona she puts on. Because when we see her later as part of the Princess Alliance, that very straight-laced, black-and-white, rule-abiding, law-giving person is not the same. Mm-hmm. And Sole and I had a very interesting discussion. Sole suggested this was the first thing that she came up with, and I actually think it's rather fitting mm-hmm. that Frosta would be the type of ruler, if you look into the Bible with King Solomon and the two women who came to him arguing each arguing, this is my child. Mm -hmm. 
And King Solomon says, well, then we'll cut the baby in half and you can each have half. Solomon knowing that any mother would rather see their child grow up in the arms of another than to be sliced in half, Mm -hmm. which obviously ends in the ends the life of the child. Mm -hmm. So that solution isn't cruel. It's creative and practical because he knows the truth will come out not through, oh, it's mine. Oh, it's mine. But in the act of the woman who says, I must have been mistaken, it's her child. Yes. Because a mother would never harm her own yes. child. His end game was not to cut the baby. He had never intention of cut, cutting the baby. And he knew that by argument alone, he was not going to be able to know for sure who it was. The only solution was self-sacrifice. He knew... Right. The end game was getting inside the minds of the women or getting the women to voice their true thoughts. Mm-hmm. Whereas the woman who's lying says, oh, it's my child, even though she's lying. The woman who's not lying says, I must have been mistaken because she knows I want my child to live. Yes. And Solomon knew that. Yes. Frosta comes up with a lot of solutions mm-hmm. to fights and stuff, looking at them from that kind of out of left field angle. Yes. That works against the horde because the horde never sees that kind of thinking coming. The horde has like one mentality mm-hmm. of how they should fight, which again is what made Katra so successful yes. that she was able to say, you know, you've been doing things one way your whole life. I can use myself as a distraction against Adora and take your biggest threat off the board. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to win. They never would have come up with that themselves. Frosta does the same thing. And I think that if you see the war table when they are planning all the battles and all the assaults on the horde, Adora is not the greatest asset because she has the same horde mentality in fighting. And it is new and inventive ideas like Mermista can give you, like Frosta can give you, that will really win you the war the war, and not Adora. Right. Adora knows how to fight and to get to the point where you can hold the line. But when it comes to making that final step to victory... Whatever move she makes is one the Horde taught her, so the Horde would see it coming. Yes, and it is said that the Kings of, of Snows in modern Shira is also the one that is farthest for, from the Horde. But you know that even if they haven't seen war at all, Frosta has planned all this in her mind and she even gives everybody nicknames in the war, which are amazing. I, I love that. In the middle of a battle or yes. like... and and. One in the middle of a battle and like three at the war table in the presence of Angela. Like, it's just like, yeah, you are this, this, and this. And and, yeah, and flower power. And you tidal right. wave. It's so funny. <laughs> and what I think it's great that shows also a little bit of how much of a young person she is, is that she has a commentary when she is fighting. I feel that as a mood so hard. And refers to herself in the third person. That is so refreshing. She looks at the D&D type setup they had for Roll With It for battle plans. Uh-huh. 
and sees this as effective and then is like, wow, I can live out my D&D dreams yes. while attacking the Horde. This is the best and coolest thing that has ever happened yes. to me. And I would be the exact same way. Yes. Oh, yeah. And one in one of the planning sessions, she almost falls asleep. And she's like, maybe we can do this in the morning. Not that I have a bedtime. I don't have a bedtime. So she's constantly reminding everybody else that she's not young. Because uh -huh. she's afraid that they're going to think. And I think I may have mentioned this in a previous episode, probably Scorpia or Perfuma, because we were talking about how the way I saw them, that height may influence mm -hmm. how old you think a person is. Yes. Frosta is not just young, she's also short. Yes. Which is not bad, no. but it it makes her look even younger. So she feels the need, at least in the first couple seasons, before she really begins to trust the other princesses and become more of who she truly is and show that person to the rest of the princesses, she feels the need to remind them, I'm not young, I'm not helpless, I'm not small, I can take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Just in case you might have forgotten. Yes. I don't need your help. Yes. Now, the Myers-Briggs test, the four-letter jumble, mm -hmm. Frosta is an INFP, and it says, initially characterized by her desire to remain independent and isolated, like any INFP, partially because she's so far away, but you can't tell me she didn't have a plan for the day that somebody was going to come knocking on her door and say, we need your help. Please help us. Oh, yeah. She was the first one out the door. Oh, yeah. She she knew that that day would come. She wasn't expecting it to be Princess Prom and to have to toss a door out on her ass for causing mm -hmm. problems. But, you know, live and learn and adapt. So like any INFP, as the Princess Alliance gets to know her better, they find Frosta to be creative, idealistic, loyal, and deeply caring. And she's always coming up with the most creative solution to overcome her problems, dreaming big and worrying about the how and the why after the fact. So not Gryffindor at all. Right. I was going to say <laughs> the how and the why later is the Gryffindor, the loyal and the caring and the idealistic is the Hufflepuff. Mm -hmm. It must be really hard to live your life trying to prove who you are to the eyes of other people like Frosta has to do. They see her as a very, very young princess. And I'm, I'm guessing that if it was me, I will try to protect her and she does not need protection. Right. She can hold her own. So it must be really hard to have to prove over and over again that despite your age, you are powerful. And to figure out at what point can I trust these people enough or do I trust these people enough that I no longer have to remind them and I can be my bubbly, exuberant, always excited, nerdy, vulnerable self around them because they will not laugh at me. Mm -hmm. They will not belittle me for being younger, for being idealistic, that I've earned respect in their eyes to make that decision with the thought of, well, what if I drop my guard too early and then they make fun of me and then I can't trust them? Mm -hmm. That must be equally as hard. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, I was looking this morning through some Frosta videos on YouTube and one of them said that after Princess Prom, they showed her much younger 
much immature and it was a disservice to her, kind of like degraded her because she's more like always trying to impress the princesses and being much more less than a ruler or a strict ruler, independent person than we see in Princess Prom. Right, because she thinks incorrectly that she needs to prove herself to them when really the only person she needs to prove to whom she needs to prove she's worthy is herself. I think she grew up alone. She even said that she had not no friends that she or she had very few friends with so much responsibility that I'm guessing social events like Princess Prom don't come to her kingdom often or she didn't attend. And I think it's not a disservice to her. It is showing her comfortable enough with other people to show her true personality. Right, because even if she was forced to go to the event, these events as ruler, part of her, I can feel, would want to go up and make friends with everybody. But she's been told you have to act like a ruler. You have to suppress that part of yourself and not go, hey, do you want to be my best friend? Do you want to see this thing I just made? It's so cool. She has to say, thank you for coming to this function. I appreciate your presence and you honor me with your respect. Yeah. Even though that's not who she wants to be. And maybe maybe she was taught to be feared more than loved because of her age. Right. Like you that, want other people to fear you. Right. Machiavelli said it is better to be feared than loved. I completely disagree. Mm-hmm. But when the new ruler of the kingdom is six years old, maybe her advisors thought even if her people love her, she's so young, there's no way they'll trust her. Mm-hmm. She has to prove her worth and can only do that through fear. Yes. Now, we said she was a Gryffindor. I'm guessing she will be Jeannie's best friend on Gryffindor Tower. Yeah, I can see her doing very well with Ginny. I can see her, she, like me, would not be able to stand Lavender Brown. No. She also, and we got onto this topic, I forget when we were, if this was recorded or not, that, again, we're going to go back to the (laughs) She-Ra at Hogwarts, that she and... Pretty much any member of the Gryffindor Quidditch team would hit it off because they have that never-ending excitement, especially Oliver. Yes. But she's she'd also be really close, I think, with Lee Jordan because he's cool, but he has that same Quidditch energy, and she'd want to be around him because he's He's cool and he's funny, but I think he'd also see the value in her. Mm -hmm. I never thought about him. I didn't until right this moment. But I do think she, I mean, she will be on the Gryffindor team for sure. Oh, absolutely. On her ice broomstick. (laughs) (laughs) And which, you know, Oliver will transform somehow into an asset because he has that planning mind and He's strategic very mind strategic. and you know she will be like and i can make instead of a bat she will be you know a beater instead of a bat i can use my ice fists here and here's my morning star on yes. the, the spiky ball on the the thing and like it would become just like as part of a practice where mm-hmm. it would just be her versus Oliver and the rest of the team just kind of hovers around and stays out of the way and like munches on popcorn because they know that a it's amusing to watch and b 
they're both get, they're all gonna end up injured if they interfere because they're <laughs> both Frosta and Oliver are so fucking competitive. Yes, that they live for this shit. Yes, and there I don't remember who it was. Those conversations that they always one person always have to be one better than the other. Oh, isolated dragon. Ugh, isolate two dragons. Oh, and it's, I fought a giant. It's Ugh. Mateo and Jonah. There we go. I couldn't think of it. Yes, yeah, that they always have to be one up from the other. And that although Jonah's like, he doesn't really. Sometimes he cares. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's just like, "Why are you throwing me under the bus?" And Mateo's like, "Because I'm better, and I need everybody to know it." Like, yes. <laughs> and Jonah's just like, "Whatever. I. It's not worth my time." <laughs> In this scenario, Frosta will be Mateo. And Oliver Wood will be Jonah. Right. Although I think Oliver would admire her for that. Oh, yes. He will never tell her, but he would. Right. And to get back to making friends and the Princess Alliance, there are two different episodes that we wanted to bring up because we talked about it and we thought that out of all of the princesses, Frosta is the most sure of who she is, of her (laughs) own identity. There is... Like, even though she's been forced to act as a ruler, she knows inside she's a nerd. She's excited about things. She is, she knows exactly in her heart who she is. Mm -hmm. And she thought she needed to present herself to the Princess Alliance as somebody badass because, oh, badass is useful. We'd like somebody badass. Mm -hmm. And eventually realizes that she doesn't have to keep putting on this front. She is badass, but she doesn't have to emphasize it. She can be herself and they'll still respect her and like her. And there's a short exchange, which we also quoted in Scorpia's episode Mm -hmm. from Fractures, which is season four, episode 10. And Frosta makes ice pinchers because she's talking to Scorpia. She's like, you know, what can they cut through? Like, she's so fascinated by them. And Scorpia starts crying. And Frosta says, are you crying? Is it because I made ice pincers? I'm sorry. They're your thing. I get it. And Scorpia says, no, no, it's not that. The horde always told me I was different, that I wouldn't fit fit in with you at all. But you're making me feel the opposite of not belonging, which is, I guess, belonging. And Frosta said, I used to feel that way, too. And then I met Glimmer and the others, and I realized that none of us fit in. We're all different, but that's okay. That's the first time, I think, that I remember that Frosta really let her guard down. Absolutely. With a total stranger. Yes. Because she doesn't know Scorpia. To her, no. to Frosta, Scorpia's a prisoner and not a friend, but she still was able to care enough for what Scorpia was feeling that's something that she felt too and empathize with her, empathize with her and say none of us are perfect we she are hasn't all... even really said this to the other princesses no. who she trusts yes i understand because sometimes it is easier to open up to strangers right you know what it reminded me of her saying i met glimmer and the others and i realized that none of us fit in we're all different but that's okay it reminded me of dreamworks home when O says to Tip, you know, I lied to you. I don't fit in. I fit out. I yes. know that when they said O, it wasn't because they were excited to see me. It was that they weren't excited to see me. But O goes on to say that having this, having had this experience with Tip has shown him that being unique 
is okay. Mm-hmm. Being different is okay. You don't all have to be the same. A group of completely different from each other people might even be better than a group of people who are all the same. It's much stronger. Right. I, I do believe that if they're all different, if each one ha- brings something different and unique to the table, your group is much stronger for it. Right, because you have different points of view, different thought processes. and But it just it made me think of, oh, saying, I, I was not truthful with you. I don't fit in. I fit out. And then eventually saying, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That moment of vulnerability and admitting it to someone. Yes. And earlier in the series, the very first episode of season two, The Frozen Forest, she, Frosta, talks about how she's had trouble making friends because she's a ruler. And I think this was worded so well that we should just leave it as is. So would you do me the honor of being Princess Glimmer? I would. Okay, so I will be Frosta. Mm -hmm. So Frosta has been yelled at by Glimmer and stalked off to sit on the top of like a hilltop and is just like idly looking off into the distance. And Glimmer comes up. Come to yell at me more? I just wanted to be your friend. By ignoring us and throwing yourself into danger? Sorry, I don't know how to act. I've never had any friends before. I was eight when I took over the throne. It's kind of hard to make friends when everyone is your sworn subject. I know how you feel. I didn't have any friends before Bo and Adora. You? I figured everybody would want to be your friend. Yeah, definitely not everyone. And I'm still learning how to be a good friend too. I'm sorry I yelled. I just... I guess you remind me of me, and I can do some really dangerous stuff sometimes. I remind you of you? Oh, and I even sounded like my mom when I yelled at you. Please don't make me do that again. Deal. Does that mean we're friends? Yes, and we... I could really use your help. You want me to come back? I knew we'd make a great team. So, should I do ice hammers or daggers? You're right. One of each! (laughs) She's so overly excited because you're right. She has this fundamental lack of experience of interacting with people her age because she held a title and a position Mm -hmm. that she is learning. And it takes just as much strength from Frosta to admit that to Glimmer as it does from Glimmer to admit that to Frosta Mm -hmm. that she's like, look, I'm still learning how to be a good friend too. And her... Ugh, I even sounded like my mom when I yelled at you. Like, you can tell she's so embarrassed and she's like, I don't want that to be the person who I am. Which is why I love from that point forward that even if it's not said aloud, subconsciously they are always specifically watching each other's backs. Yes. Well, and uh, roll with it. Frosta says that... One of our favorite episodes. Yes. Frosta says that Glimmer is her sidekick. And Glimmer is like, what? I'm what now? (laughs) Yes, she doesn't like that. Because she had drawn out her D&D character and and a little pink doodle. And it's like, and what's that thing in pink? And it's like, oh, that's my sidekick, Glimmer. And you just hear, what? Like (laughs) off to the side. She doesn't like it at all. But it was one of our TikToks, I believe. So if you missed it, I think it was our first one for Frosta. So go watch it. It's amazing. Go back and watch it. It's Hilarious. And while you're there, like and follow us because we love to see you. Frosta, what I was going to say is all humans, as also many animals, are social beings. 
And for that to happen, we need to be exposed to other people and socialize since we're very young. Glimmer growing up, even though she was the princess and she was sheltered, I think she had more human interaction than Frosta did. Oh, definitely. Because she had Bo and presumably when she and Bo went on adventures, they might meet people from other towns. I get the impression that once Frosta was made leader, and I apologize for every time we said six years old when clearly it's eight, eight. that Frosta was almost never allowed to leave because the guards were so concerned that she was the last ruler left that she we can't risk letting her go out. We can't risk bringing in new people. And it's not our priority, given that the horde is still a threat to set up. Let's make a friendship playdates for Princess Frosta. So she worked with what she knew. I also feel that she will be so immersed in everything she had to learn that there was little time for even socializing with kids her age from, I definitely agree. from her kingdom. So she has been so sheltered and so isolated in a way. And for a person who is so bubbly, so excited, so independent, it will be hard the first interactions, but as soon as she you know, pun intended, broke the ice with the other princesses, she was allowed to be herself. And she will have this up and down, ups and downs of, I don't know if you like me or if you scream at me or if you told me that I did something wrong, then it's because you don't like me and you don't want me here. But if that that's part of her growing up by herself in ca- Almost total isolation yeah. from other people her age. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's great and almost feels like Glimmer brought her by the hand into the group after this. I see it as in that moment, Glimmer has decided, I have a younger sister now. Yes, kind of like this is my protege. She may annoy me at times, Mm -hmm. but I care for her and I want to help her learn to make friends. And she's also helping me learn to be a better friend. So if I can expand my family, I'm going to do that. Yes. As they as they said in A Court of Silver Flames, keep extending your hand. Always keep reaching out your hand. Frosta becomes, I mean, she always adored Glimmer for some reason. I don't know how she knew about Glimmer. I'm guessing because of, you know, uh, kingdom to kingdom gossip. But it seems like Frosta idolized almost, Glimmer. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to say it's it's idolization. And as the seasons go on, she gets to know Glimmer, not the Glimmer, the legend that has yes. been told from stories or things she reads from kingdom newspapers or thing if that's a thing i don't know i was gonna say their version of witch weekly <laughs> yes right and i think she also looks up to glimmer because he's the closest one to her in age it seems yes. to be so and the closest experience wise mm-hmm. with that being sheltered yes that no one else really has because like even though adora was sheltered she had catra scorpia sort of had Catra. Yeah. Perfuma had everyone in Surfer her dude. kingdom. Oh yeah, Seneschal. And everyone in her kingdom. Mm-hmm. I got the impression that even though she's the ruler of Plumeria, everybody treats everybody as equals. They all help out. It's it's a community. It's not like they'd stop and 
bow when she walked by they'd just be like how are you today princess perfuma and she'd be like i'm very well thank you how are you i found this flower would you like it like it's it's a very different environment so i think that glimmer and frosta have the most similar situation Mm -hmm. which is probably why they gravitated towards each other and also why they hated each other so much at first because they're so alike yeah because they're reminded of each other um you just said plumeria before when i was referencing perfuma and i said perfuma's kingdom because in my mind i'd had perfumeria but it was not that the name (laughs) of the kingdom you you combined the two (laughs) yeah i'm like perfume that's not the one no that's where the chemical factory it is that makes the nice smelling (laughs) fragrances yeah, perfumeria. Perfumeria. Frosta also, when she gets to know um, Scorpia, from the moment she sees her, I think starts looking up to her. Because yes. she sees Scorpia as someone that is really, really powerful. And in a way, I see, and because Frosta is so tiny with Scorpia, who's big and has the armor, it's kind of like, that's what I want to made of ice. And that's what I want right, to be Right, like battle. this is... You are the embodiment of everything I want to be when I grow up. But also, I'm learning that you're a nice person and a good friend, mm-hmm. and I want to be that too. Yes. I mean, she treats her as a prisoner, but it's not really a prisoner. She's like, yeah, you're a prisoner, but I'll be up for a while if you want to talk. Yeah. Like, that's so sweet. Of her, yes. Because she's the youngest, she has a lot of people in the alliance to look up to but i think scorpia and glimmer are the ones that she will be the closest with and that's why she becomes the bouncer at glimmer's coronation self-appointed bouncer yes so everyone that you know is he bothering you and then she will freeze them or put them in ice Yes. Yeah, but she does it to many people because yes. when she is your friend, Frosta will protect you at any cost. Oh, absolutely. It's like if they even look at you wrong, you're you're out. Yes, you're frozen. I she will ice them. Erased him. <laughs> right, exactly. But she will ice them. It's like who needs yes. icing here? So in the spirit of learning how to be a good friend and gaining the best friends you could ask for. This is the perfect time to go into fun with the best friend squad. Frozen version. Hashtag chill. I love that her palace was called Chill Castle. That's amazing. I love that in the 80s, everything was named, and not just in She-Ra, but like Mm -hmm. Transformers did it. Everything was named either exactly what it was or with a very obvious illusion or clue to what it was yes there was no stealth about it ever no no never it was just like in your face oh i wonder what this could be castle evil oh um well this i ca- think that's this, where the flower girl lives this castle has kind of like a skull on it let's call it gray skull because the stones are gray, gray. <laughs> right like it's like no one had an ounce of creativity mm-hmm. in the 80s and we love it it's yes. wonderful so which playing piece would frosta choose to represent her in monopoly well that was very easy iron iron fist ice fist she will turn her iron into a 
small ice fist to play with. Or she'd just freeze it because it's a hot thing and yes. she doesn't deal with hot things. <laughs> well, according to Natasha, the she wouldn't weakness- want to press her luck. Weaknesses for almost every princess, it's fire. So. Fire. I mean, that's true because even the ones who have powers that aren't affected by fire, you're still affected by fire if you are set on fire. Exactly. So, yes, fire, weakness. Yes. I said the battleship. Mm-hmm. Because I pictured her doing something similar like you see in, in real life where they put the the pointy cutter ram piece on the front so it can slice through icebergs and yes. stuff so that she could just take this battleship and just ram stuff with it. Yes. Be like, you think this ice field is going to stop me? Oh, nope. Think <laughs> again. When I looked at this question, I had to I have to search. I'm embarrassed to say because I didn't know which one were all the Monopoly pieces. I looked it up to make sure I wasn't including any from Special Collector's Edition. Yeah. Because I have, I have, I think, a Millennium Edition that the pieces are gold and there's a train. Okay. But the one that I looked at and I'm like, nope, she will never be this one was the top hat. Um, no, I don't know why, but she will never be a top hat. Scorpio would be the top. Oh, hat. yes. Yes. I was going to say also she wouldn't be the the Scotty dog because they're small and she would not want yet another thing tying her to <laughs> the fact that she's not small and yappy. Yeah. And yet that's what those dogs are. She's like, no, I'm not going to let people do that. <laughs> What would Frosta's favorite subject in school be? I said gym, especially because of Dodgeball. You know, oh, I love that movie. But she will be Patches O'Hoolahan. Like, if you can <laughs> dodge an ice ball, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. So you she... can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yes. I Five see. D's. Dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge. <laughs> I think she, she will be, be because of her competitive nature nature she will love jim and she will want to win at everything that was me and that was why i'd always come into physics senior year late half the time with a bag of ice and i was always on time for classes so if i mean like punctual to a t my teachers knew that i had the timetable memorized to the minute <laughs> and so they knew that if i didn't show up on time that because I had explained it once apologizing for being late that I was like oh I had to go to the nurse's office I came from gym that Mr. Brandreth knew that if I did not show up on time for physics I had gotten injured and would eventually show up and it got to the point where I'd walk in and I'd be real quiet just sit down at my desk because I don't want to interrupt the lecture and he'd be like so what'd you do this time Sarah I'm like <laughs> way to call me out in front of everybody Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think I may have broken my hand on a floor hockey ball because my hand got trapped between the wall and two floor hockey sticks. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, I'm like, yeah, thinking, don't you feel like an asshole now? Yeah. Like, not that funny, is it? <laughs> I said chemistry or physics and especially the lab because she'd be really excited about learning how things work, but she'd be thrilled about the chemical reactions and explosions and all the stuff that she could make happen. Oh yes, in lab. I didn't even think of that. That'll be amazing. Yeah, that's that'll be so her. Short story. I took astronomy in college for fun because 
I mean, I needed, I didn't even need more electives at this point. I, or more science credits. I just really love space. So we were sitting in this lecture hall and there was this kid that had fallen asleep and the teacher had two balloons. One was filled with helium and one was filled with hydrogen. And he was trying to demonstrate the difference of what happens how helium reacts to heat versus hydrogen. If you take a lighter, now it's, he had it on the end of a very long pole Mm -hmm. and he, we were all looking at the kid who was asleep because we knew where this was going. (laughs) And he said real quietly, nobody wake him. Nobody make any sudden moves. If you take a flame to a helium, a regular, not the mylar balloons, just the regular balloons filled with helium, it pops. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Hydrogen is extremely flammable. If you take a regular balloon filled with hydrogen and add heat, it create it explodes and creates a fireball that I could feel six rows back. That's so cool. And this kid, it made like the like the fireball and the boom that goes with it. Yeah. This kid fell out of his chair and like fell down two <laughs> rows of steps. And is looking like, oh my God, where's the cannon? Are we at war? What's happening? (laughs) And the professor looks at him and he goes, you won't be sleeping in my class again, will you? And he goes, no, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It was the funniest thing. But everybody, you could tell that everybody who already knew that hydrogen was super flammable, which is why he had the flame attached to like a six foot stick Uh so that he was so far away that he wouldn't get caught in the blast. Yeah. And it was like a, I don't know, a 50 foot high ceiling so that the blast had somewhere to go without catching anything on fire that we're all sitting here going, Oh, this is going to be so good. (laughs) Like not only are you going to blow something up, but this kid is going to act like world war three just started (laughs) and he has no idea. It was so fun. So when I thought about school, I thought about that. And I thought Frosta would live for that. Yes. Okay. Which Disney princess would Frosta choose as her best friend? I'm going to go back to Merida. I think, and and I'm not saying she would even like her life. And I see Frosta having younger siblings and treating them the same way and being as pissed to her mom as Merida gets when they try to tell her to act ladylike when she wants to be in the action. Everything. everything I do is ladylike because I'm a fucking lady. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she will she will be that. I think she will really kick it off with Merida. Yeah, I I agree. And they both have that sense of not necessarily wonder but respect for everything around them mm-hmm. and yet want to learn more about it, but are also like when told to do something, they're like that's not my job and you cannot make me do it. Yeah, they're very free spirits, both of them. I said Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph, especially because Vanellope knew what she wanted from the beginning. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be a racer, was willing to do anything to make it happen. She learns how to be a good friend, has a good sense of humor, and she and Frosta have the same level of excitement about things. Yes. And I just, one of my favorite parts of the first Wreck-It Ralph film, when you find out at the end that Vanellope is actually a princess. And she's like, my fellow subjects, I declare that everyone who was ever mean to me 
shall be executed. <laughs> and then everybody goes, <gasps> and then she just like keels over laughing and she's like, nah, but you can tell she's like, I wish though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, some, and, some of you, <laughs> right. Some of you, um, Frosta would do the same exact thing. Yes. And Vanellope then ditches the cupcake gown and is like, no, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I've always been the striped leggings, the, the skirt made of the upside down peanut butter cup wrapper mm-hmm. and the hoodie with candy. This is who I truly am. It doesn't matter that I'm royalty. Yeah. Frost is the same way. They're, I feel they're very much kindred spirits. Oh, and she will love to go visit Ralph and let's wreck it stuff with her. Ice oh, my face. God. <laughs> Her next idol would be Callahan or Calhoun. Sorry, Sergeant Calhoun, yes. Jane Lynn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like she'd look at Calhoun and go, oh, my God, teach me how to be you. Yes. <laughs> she will love it. She will love being in that movie. Both. Oh, movies. my God. Calhoun would be like, I don't have time for you, small stuff. And she'd be like, oh, you just you just push the whoop ass button like <laughs> and then like they'd fight and then Calhoun would like really respect her and be like okay you're in my team okay I'll, I'll teach you like yeah. uh, you've you've earned my respect <laughs> yes although it would be more like you've got balls kid okay <laughs> like it's Calhoun you know yeah. I love her so much she's amazing Frosta is hosting a dinner and a movie in her palace which wait 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 in what palace Chill. The chill palace. Okay. The Netflix and chill palace in this case. Yes. Which three or four characters from other fandoms does she invite to have dinner and a movie with? I think she will love to have Dexter from Dexter Laboratory. I, my dad and I used to watch that together. That was our show. I am Dexter and my sister is Dee Dee. <laughs> it helps that she's taller than I am and blonde. Jill is very intelligent, but it's what does this button do? <laughs> like I Dexter's lab is I love that show. I still love that show. How how do the parents notice the electricity bill? Right. I, <laughs> mom was too busy cleaning all the time. So she will invite Dexter. And it's a very good choice. She will invite Mulan. I think she will enjoy her different culture and war tactics. Ooh. She will invite Fred and George Weasley. Yes. <laughs> for entertainment. And last but not least, he she will invite Rocket Raccoon from Guardians ah! of the Galaxy. <laughs> but then you're making Groot sad that he doesn't get to go. He can come too. I mean, you already paired Fred and George as one person, so. They are one person. <laughs> <laughs> they come in a pair. You can't separate right. them. Now, I have a question. When you came up with this question, Mm -hmm. did you have an idea of like what type of movie they'd be watching? Not really. After the fact, I thought about it and I think it has to be one of the Die Hard movies because that's the type of movies that Frosta will watch. But I actually came up with this question because I said, oh my God, Fred and George Weasley will love Frosta. And then I'm like, we need to put this together because I mean, I can see Rocket. And ho, the- ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Yes. <laughs> I need that person's leg. Yes. <laughs> Frost, I will go get it. She would. And then unlike Quill, who was mad when it di- turns out it didn't need it, she'd be laughing with Rocket on the <laughs> <Yes>. floor. <laughs> I went with 
because I didn't know exactly what type of movie. Okay. Like, was it sciencey? Was it funny? So I kind of went on personalities. Okay. She'd invite the doctor from Doctor Who. Okay. I was specifically picturing either the 10th doctor played by David Tennant yes, or the favorite. 13th doctor played by Jodie Whittaker. I don't know her yet. You will love her. I unintentionally invited David Tennant twice. <laughs> <laughs> then you should say the first one was 13. I think 13 would like Frosta a lot and Frosta would re- really, they'd bond over that sense of excitement and wonder and, mm-hmm. and learning. Yeah. 13 is definitely a Hufflepuff. 10 is a Ravenclaw. So (laughs) if you want his full name, Anthony J. Crowley, played by David Tennant in Good Omens, which we're getting a second season. Who's excited about this? I am. (laughs) So amazing. As I sit and look at my Alex X. Zhang portrait of Aziraphale and Crowley sitting together on the bench in St. James Park that's up on my wall Mm -hmm. in my office. Dr. Daniel Jackson from Stargate SG-1, because he is their resident anthropologist, uh, linguist. He and one of the other members, um, Major Samantha Carter, uh, are the two big nerds on the team. Mm-hmm. But he gets he's very calm, but gets very excitable when he finds something new. Yeah. To the point where they're like people, his commanding officer who carries a spare pair of Daniel's glasses in his pocket because he knows (laughs) Daniel's going to get roughed up and Daniel can't be carrying them at the time that they'll be getting shot at. And his commanding officer, Jack will be like, we got to go. And he'll be like, no, wait, I'm almost through this translation. No, (laughs) just two more minutes. Like that's very much the same energy and excitement. And then to add Saw an additional comedic influence. Hoban Wash Washburn from Firefly, played by Alan Tudyk, aka King Candy. Oh, from okay, yes. And the Duke of Weaseltown. Yes. <laughs> and Duke Weaselton from Zootopia. Yes, all of them too. And Hey Hey the Chicken. He was Hey Hey? Yes. <laughs> oh, I like your dinner party. What Thank movie you. are you watching? I want to be a part of that dinner party. Now, how many times after watching Die Hard, you think Frosta said, yippee Oh, the first time. <laughs> after the first time, she's like... Mother Buckets? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yippee-kayak, other buckets. Yes. Thank you, Charles Boyle. And finally, our favorite, so- favorite song. Favorite question, which I'm sorry, listeners, you let me down. Yes. You let us down this week. Didn't send us anything. We asked what are Frosta's top three most played songs, either that she would play or that represent her. And last time I looked at TikTok, almost 200 people have viewed this video and not a single person gave an answer. Not even like the gimmies, like... Cold as Ice by Foreigner or Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice or In Summer from Frozen. Like the easy ones, songs about cold weather, nothing. (laughs) The only person who gave us something was our best friend Kyle. Mm -hmm. In their defense, I have to say that for me, it was also hard to find songs for Frosta. Yes, but considering... How much time has passed since we 
posted that yeah. video and when this is going to drop, they will have had like two and a half weeks. That's true. So tisk tisk, listeners. Disappointed. I know. So our best friend Kyle gave us, and I'm mad that I didn't think of this one. I'm just a kid <laughs> by Simple Plan. Mm-hmm. I'm just a girl by No Doubt. Yes. Blue by Eiffel 65. So she'll be jamming to Blue with Entrapta. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> and Fucked Up Kid by Adam Lambert. Now I came up with, because I was having trouble coming up with songs, I came up with 25. Three- Three on my own, no, four on my own, and then turned to the internet for help and came up with like a fuck ton others. The ones I came up with on my own were Teenagers by My Chemical Romance, mm-hmm. Welcome to the Black Parade, also My Chemical Romance, Cherry Bomb yes. by The Runaways, and Don't Look Back by Boston. Mm-hmm. The internet helped me out and gave me since this playlist was going to be real short because we didn't have much from our listeners. A Hazy Shade of Winter by Simon and Garfunkel. Mm -hmm. Don't Bring Me Down by ELO, which is the Electric Light Orchestra. Fighter by Christina Aguilera. Yes. Love Myself by Haley Steinfeld. The one we've quoted 800 times and never once actually used, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. Frost that will be, I destroyed your tree, Sorry Not Sorry. Yeah, baby, I'm sorry. I'm not, not sorry. sorry. <laughs> exactly. Gives You Hell by the All-American Rejects. I love that song. It's, it's it's so catchy. I know. The Show Must Go On by mm-hmm. Queen. Yes. Sit Still, Look Pretty by Dea. And Show Yourself from Frozen 2. I don't remember that song. It's the line that grabbed me is step into your power. You are the one you've been waiting for all of your life. Okay. Yes. That's that's her. I came with came up with um, Titanium by David Guetta uh, featuring Sia. Oh, that's such a great song! I think she will love Spice Up Your Life by the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Spice Up Your Life! And she will be annoying all the princesses. Spice Up Your Life! And she goes singing with them. Oh my god. But, but Scorpia would absolutely be singing and dancing with her. Of course she will. As would Entrapta, I think. I think so. It's a long way to the top by ACDC. Yes. One that I didn't know, but I thought she would like Avril Lavigne. And I've used a couple of songs of her, so I didn't want to use the same ones. But I found one that was the unofficial song for the Special Olympics in 2019 that is called Right Where I'm Supposed to Be. And it talks about... I remember that song. Yes, it's a beautiful song. The lyrics are amazing. And it talks about, you know, this is who I am. I am where I'm supposed to be. Like, it's just... There's no one I'd rather be but me. Yes. It's it's just an amazing, amazing song that I didn't know. But I thought she will really enjoy Avril Lavigne because it has a frost of vibe to her. It does. It has that bite to yeah, it. Like the girly rebel. Yes. Everyone loves a rebel, Harry. Yeah. And the last... Says the, the 40-year-old woman who's trapped a 14-year-old in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> the last one, it's a, th- a song. I was going to say thong again. Oh, this my is God. Again, the thong song is not relevant here. And you know why? Because it has a TH in the name. The song, it's one that I like I like very much. It's called Tum Thumping by Chumba Wamba. Tum Thumping! 
bring. I, I get, get knocked down, down, but I get up. Then again. I get up again. You never, never gonna, gonna bring me down. Me down. Uh, why didn't I think of that? Oh my god, <laughs> I am I am not on point this week. Jeez. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, yes, this is oh, so frosta. That is so frosta. So thus brings us to the end of this week's episode. Remember to follow us on social media. We can be found on TikTok at Realm Stories Pod, on Instagram at Realm of Endless Stories Podcast, and on Facebook at The Realm of Endless Stories Podcast. You can shoot us an email, which is listed on our TikTok and Facebook pages and is being said by me right now, The Realm of Endless Stories at gmail.com. I'm Pert Happily, and this is. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? If you're enjoying taking this journey with us, Please give us a follow on whatever platform you listen to us on and consider leaving a review. Thank you. Thank and this you. has been You Heard with Purd. Yes. And we thought it would be fitting to end it with this. Even though this is exactly the opposite of what is happening when we are recording this on the 4th of For July. For all of you you who listen to us in the, the Southern Hemisphere, Hemisphere, this is this for you. This one's for you because up here in North America, this ain't true. Yes. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire's so delightful. And since there's no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Thank you. Bye. We love you. Bye.